Greetings and happy Wednesday. This is the Desiree Show, first downs and flip tricks on Dash Radio. It is the 24th day of April. Spring is here, and I had to start off with a little tusk for you. I'm excited to welcome in studio Trojan for Life. He was the number one recruited JC player in the nation, former Baltimore Raven, and he's got so much other stuff going on. I'm really excited to welcome Gerald Bowman, Gbo. Welcome in studio. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, and I do want to give a little shout out here. We've got a, a beautiful lady sitting also in the corner here with us. Hi, how you doing? Cool. I just wanted to say hello and welcome and thanks for coming in as well. It's always a treat to have a Trojan in, in studio. Anyways, I just, I'm always really excited to have a Trojan here because there's something special about it. And then one that has actually made its way from USC to the NFL. And uh, you have, uh, the path has been a little different than yeah. normally, but uh, it's a really beautiful path, I think. Yes, I appreciate that. Yeah, so uh, now the now 2015, May 2nd, almost three years to the day. We've got the NFL draft coming up on Thursday, yeah. but three years almost to the day, you agreed to sign with the Baltimore Ravens. Yes, yeah. that was a game changer for me. Uh, definitely a dream come true um, just to have the opportunity to fulfill one of my, you know, childhood dreams. So, you know, all the guys that are getting ready for the, 2018 draft, uh, especially my Trojans. I wish you all the best of luck. Um, just make sure you stay focused. You know, remember that it is a job. And, um, you know, just give it all. Give it y'all. Right on. Thanks. I was actually going to ask you if you had any tips or any uh, insight, you know, having been through this already, um, to share with those players. Uh well, it's definitely a, a business um, comparing it to my experience through college. Um, you know, when you get to the next level, uh, it's, it's more of a um, professional job. You know, a lot of people look at um, being an athlete as just, you know, a hobby or just something that you do with your talents, but it's definitely a job. And um, I would encourage, you know, all the the guys that are coming out, the prospects to, you know, just take it serious, um, work your butt off, understand that, you know, you are blessed and fortunate to be in that position because uh, not a lot of people have that opportunity. Um, so just, you know, be thankful and, you know, just give it your best and work as hard as you can. Um, and, you know, just give it your all. <laughs> have fun with it. Right. right on. Thanks. And again, if you're just tuning in, I'm joined by... Jibo, <laughs> his nickname or one of his nicknames in Los Angeles, I should say, Gerald Bowman. You can follow him on Instagram and on Twitter at Gerald underscore Bowman, Bowman uh, on Twitter and the same, actually just Gerald Bowman uh, yeah. for Instagram as well. Yeah. Um, and you definitely want to make note of that uh, because he's got a lot of cool things coming up and we're going to be talking about those in just a little while. Um, you know, we meant, he just mentioned the USC Trojans, um, I know actually Royce Freeman actually from Oregon as well. I watched him play in Imperial. I worked also for a TV station down in San Diego covering all the all the college uh, high school football. Okay. He was the best player in San Diego County, um, awesome. but he's also coming out as well already. I'm like, wow, he's a senior already. He's coming out into the draft too. Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm excited for Rojo. I'm oh, really yeah. excited for Ronald Jones. Uh, phenomenal physical back coming out. Um, obviously, um, Sam you know, is slated number one now, uh, pretty much across the board. Anything can change on, on draft day. What, you know, you had a, a very unique experience and we're going to go into a little bit more detail with that, but the process of, um, coming out, you know, and being like all of, you know, there's so many different, um, days that you go out and you work out with different teams or you have a, a day at your school where you're playing, for all the scouts in town, there's such a huge transition. Now you were a little older, but these guys are, a lot of these guys are juniors. Yeah. Um, age versus money versus this dream. Your thoughts? Um, well, it's definitely a challenge um, because, you know, you know, like you said, like they're, they're younger. And, you know, at that age, when I think about it, it's like, if I was that age coming out, like what would my mindset be? Um, and I think that's kind of basically like determined by your background and how you were raised and stuff, you know? 
Um, a lot of those guys that you mentioned, they come from good families. Um, so they have that installed in them to, you know, high character guys. And um, all credit to USC, too. They do a great job at, you know, preparing those guys um, to get ready to be professionals. Um, but it's definitely, it's definitely like a challenge, you know, um, because you're literally going from in season to all of a sudden, like you just have to be a pro and you have to, you know, train and watch what you eat and do interviews. And, you know, sometimes things don't go as planned and, you know, it's, it's, that's unfortunate sometimes. Um, you have so many people that's, you know, pulling for different reasons. They want certain things from you. They want, you know, connections with other players, you know, the whole agency thing. And, you know, I tell a bunch of the guys that are coming out to just take your time, um, trust trust your instincts. Um, a lot of the people uh, that are coming around now, they're, they don't have your best interest. Um, so you kind of got to go with what you feel is best for you, you know, and just going forward, that's that's pretty much how you got to play out your situation. Just do what's best for you and do what's best for your family um, and understand that this is a process that, you know, people go through and, you know, you'll, you'll, you're one of many to go through this process. So be fortunate, be blessed, you know, that you're in the situation. Understand that it is a blessing, but understand that it comes with a lot of things. Now, uh, on that same note, though, now, did you have the opportunity to go to the symposiums? No, I didn't. Okay, because I was going to ask you, like, what, because I know USC has been known to really prepare um, uh, players uh, for the NFL probably better than most teams, I'll, you know, throughout, I mean, or one of the top, actually, I should say, um, preparing them for that next step. Um, but it is, it's huge from college to, you know, we started off with Tusk, you know, Fleetwood Mac and this, you know, and having like an entire alumni, not just a fan base, but an alumni that come to your games and support and boosters to actual money and organizations and fans, which blows my mind that feel entitled um, to have an opinion about uh, people and, uh, you know, players and, and not knowing, I mean, and people, I mean, it's just the, that part has always bothered me. Mm-hmm. Um, hence why we were raised going to the USC games. Um, we do have something else in common and I'm going to throw that out there right now because I was also a running back in third grade wow. and I've kind of converted in my latter years to a quarterback and then wide receiver, actually more of a slot receiver. And then to <laughs> DB, you know, I kind of like to punch out the ball. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, we have a lot in common. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, we're, but let's step backwards. I'm going to go uh, Philly, raised mm-hmm. in Philly, uh, city of brotherly love, amazing city. God, what uh, all the stadiums are, are and arenas are within a mile block radius. Yes. Uh, in, in addition to FDR at the skate park, which I've skated as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what's it like growing up in Philly? Um, it's definitely uh, rough growing up in Philly um, because, you know, it is a small city. It's not. It's not as big as, you know, California or Los Angeles. Um, and it's definitely a lot of, you know, poverty. Um, but it's a lot of talent. It's a, it's a lot of talent in Philly. We're, now we're on the rise for football, but growing up it was mainly basketball and, you know, rapping and stuff like that. So um, for me, growing up in Philly, uh, I got involved in football at a young age, around nine, a little later than what I wanted. Mm-hmm. but. Um, it kind of stuck with me and, you know, I knew that, you know, I, I had a dream of playing professional football or even, you know, playing at a school like USC. Um, but it's very challenging, you know, it's challenging growing up in an environment where um, it's easy to get sucked into, you know, being a statistic. Um, nonetheless, being a fatherless child, you know, a lot of the kids in Philadelphia and in the city, they, they grow up like that with just in a single parent home. Um, and it's tough. It's tough. Um, but, um, you know, if you surround yourself around the right people and you can realize who has your best interest, um, I believe you can make it out of anywhere as long as you have the right people in your corner and your head's on straight. So, but it's definitely a rough city. I, I love being from Philadelphia. Um, 
despite the bad things and the negatives, it also taught me a lot um, how to control my own destiny and, and to, you know, be street smart as well as book smart and, you know, just learn the difference between um, the things that, that matter and that don't matter. You know what I mean? And growing up in a city like that just taught me a lot, and I'm thankful that I'm from Philly, but I'm glad I'm not there right now. All right, Don. Well, no, and then would you say, I mean, obviously, we, I know we, the, the Eagles um, are the Super Bowl champs, or the world champions right now, um, but Philadelphia has really this ingrained sort of underdog, um, Rocky-esque, I mean, you know, but it's real true, I think, mm-hmm. on this entire community, on and how special that was for the community of Philadelphia, but... Do you think being an underdog, I mean, being from Philly and feeling that sort of underdog feeling has helped you? Oh, absolutely. Uh, every aspect of my life, I felt like I was an underdog. And pretty much that's how the city is. That's how the people are. Uh, we feel like we get overlooked a lot, um, especially with our talents. So me, you know, coming out here, coming to California, I definitely had a chip on my shoulder. I always played with a chip on my shoulder from when I was a kid because, you know, I wasn't fortunate to be in positions that a lot of other kids were, you know, as far as going to camps and just showcasing your talent. And um, that's, like I said, football is not, like, big in Philly. So that's, like, one of the main sports where a lot of those kids, they feel like, you know, they have talent, but they get overlooked. And we just come out with this chip on our shoulder, you know. And that's not, not necessarily just football, just everything because – the city of Philadelphia is just, you know, it is what it is. You know, it's, it's poverty. It's, it's, you know, it's a beautiful city, but it's a lot in poverty and, and, you know, just growing up where it's just pretty much no hope. And, you know, a lot of kids being incarcerated, killed, and, you know, it's, it's, the odds are against us. So we always feel like that no matter what situation we're in. We always feel like the odds are against us. And you overcame that. Yeah. No, I mean, and you bring a lot of gratitude and a lot of hope, I think, for a lot of kids. Yeah. You know, in the Philadelphia area, for everywhere. And I, and I, I think, though, that Philadelphia now is going to have a, a little different of a football uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> after last year. Mm-hmm. Shout out to the Eagles. <laughs> now, you weren't an Eagles fan growing up, however. No, I wasn't. You were actually a, a fan of another, another uh, NFC North yep. team. The Vikings. Yep. <laughs> Who also... Now, what was that game, that playoff game for you like then? Um, See, growing up, like I said, I was a Minnesota Vikings fan, but I all, like, whenever the Eagles did not play the Vikings, like, I always root for the home team. Yeah. So, when the Eagles played the Vikings, uh, of course, I was rooting for my Vikings, but at the same time, I was like... I won't be disappointed if my hometown win. You know what I mean? It's a win-win for you. Yeah, it's a win-win, you know? (laughs) And then being an athlete myself, it was just, you know, knowing players from both teams, it was just like, you know, I'll be happy either way for my friends and, you know, the people that I know that's on those organizations. Fine. Cool. Uh, Now, and I'm going to get a little cheesy here. I'm going to go like uh, Vince Vapali. Vince Vapali. He played, he was a walk-on for the Eagles. Okay. Um, and they made a movie, a Disney movie about it. <laughs> Come I on, I, you, I think you need to see that. No. Yeah, I, um, I was gonna. I told you, I, I was gonna get a little corny there. <laughs> um, it's actually a really inspiring story. Okay. Um, he walked on. He, they had an open tryout, and he walked on. Okay. Um, and he made the roster. Oh, that's awesome. And he ended up playing for a couple of years, and uh, kind of resonating the sentiment as well of kind of what you're sharing about Philadelphia. You know, of um, he was one of. He was one in the community, okay. you know, and so people really got behind him. Um, he kind of illustrated what it, you know, what it what it is to be a Philly, being, you know, a Philadelphian. Oh, that's so, awesome. Yeah, it's cool. I think you guys got to see it. Yeah, sure. <laughs> You're going to be texting me like, damn, that, that thing is so cheesy, does. <laughs> um, okay, so let's, um, running back. So you, charter school, uh, UTEP, how do you M- say it? M-Hotep. Okay, see, I knew I was going to really destroy that name. <laughs> yeah, M-Hotep. Uh, it's a charter school. Uh, probably, they probably been open for about, I want to say, 
15 to 20 years. So it's not like. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's not like. a. It, it started off as we were in trailers, like literally. Like when I went to school in high school, we were going from trailers to classroom to classroom. But uh, it's it was an African-centered school, um, really good school, um, taught us a lot, prepared us for college and just taught us a lot about our culture and, you know, where we came from. And, and like I said, growing up in Philly is, is a rough environment. They, they kind of pulled me away from that and stirred, stared me in the right direction. But Cool. Well, no, and then from high school, um, unrecruited, mm-hmm. you picked up and came to Los Angeles to Pierce College became the number one JC player in the nation. What was that transition like from, I mean, how did that come about for you? Just like going, okay, I'm, I'm moving. I'm going to Los Angeles. I'm going across the country and I'm going to go to this JC. So, all right. So in high school, I, I played safety mm-hmm. yeah, a little bit, like not a lot. I just, I played running back, quarterback. Uh, receiver, everything. We do have a lot in common. <laughs> but, uh, Except for you played on a collegiate level and, right. and an NFL player. <laughs> <laughs> so um, for me, like going into my senior year, um, I had a lot of friends that I grew up playing football with that was on the team. And I, it was kind of like, you know, you had to wait, to wait your turn. So my senior year was really like my time to shine. And, you know, I, I went all out, led the city in rushing yards. Um, but still... I wasn't being recruited like that. Uh, I, primarily because that was our fifth year of having a football team, I believe. So we wasn't on the mat like that. Um, but and weren't probably Division One or Division Two. Yeah, we were probably, I mean, like a smaller yeah, division we were, or co- smaller conference. Absolutely, we were two uh, A. Okay. You know, like two A, three A, four A, five A, being the highest or six A. But we were like two A, so we 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 didn't even have a playoff. So, you know, a lot of my coach, a lot of our coaches um, did their best that they could, did the best they could to get us, you know, looks and stuff like that. But for me, um, I was getting like division two, II, division three schools. Like it wasn't even scholarships really. It was like partial. And I just felt like I was too good to be you know, going to a division two or division three school. And I knew that I can play at a division one. I, I just had to be in the right situation. So um, once I graduated, a friend of mine, one of my closest friends, he um, told me about a prep school in North Carolina. Uh, we went out there. It didn't really go so well. Found out it was a scheme. And, uh, you know, I it kind of, you know, crushed my dreams a little bit. It kind of discouraged me. So, I, after, after playing out there, I, I just completely just stopped playing football. Like I sat out a whole year, and then that same friend, he wound up going to a junior college um, in Kansas and then transferring out here. And a bunch of the coaches saw my film from when I was at the junior college. Oh, not the junior college, the prep school. And from my high school, they contacted me and was asking me to come out. At that time, I was like, nah, I'm done. I'm good. And then, uh, I don't know, I just I started working out, gaining my confidence back, and called that same friend up and told him, like, yo, I want to come out there. He thought I was lying. The coach called me, and I was like, I'm trying to come. I'm not in shape, but, you know, like, I want to play. Like, I want I want that opportunity. And, um, shoot, I was out here, like, the next week. The next week I came out here, uh, Coach Greenwood, he, he picked me up from LAX. First place he took me to was to the Coliseum and was like, man, I believe in you and I can have you here or at a school like this, you know, just come out and just give it your all. I promise you, like, I'll I put you in position. And for me, that was huge because, um, like I said, growing up where it's not that much hope, you know, just, just having that one person that wants somebody to say they believe in you and they, you know, they can help you get, you know, where you want to go and achieve your goals and dreams. That was huge for me because I felt like, like I'm not gonna let him down. Like, you know what I mean? And from that day, we just continuously worked every day. Went straight to the field. I didn't even rest on my five, six hour flight. I, 
went to the Coliseum, went to the field, and just started working, 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 working. And then next thing you know, the offer started rolling in. And I was just like, man, this is crazy. <laughs> it was a dream come true. Uh, tell us how, what was that like walking into this? I mean, coming off the flight, landing in LAX, and then going straight to the Coliseum. What was it like? How, how, I mean, obviously it was very impactful because you're, you're mentioning that this, I mean, it was like hope. It was, uh, it was a pagan of hope. Um, but to walk into this vast, like historic place and to possibly have an opportunity to play in that place or something like it, you know, how did it feel? Uh, To be honest, like, that was my first time ever, like, at a stadium that was, like, that big. I, I, I didn't even go on, like, recruiting trips or nothing like that coming out of high school. So when I seen, when I saw, like, how how big it was and then I just, like, started envisioning, like, the crowd and everything, I was just, like, oh, snap. It kind of scared me for a second. Like, I was just, like, damn, you know, <laughs> like, I can be here for real and I, I was just like... Like the Olympics were here yeah. in 1920 and 1980. Yeah. And like, God, I mean, yeah, it's, I mean, it's... it's so, like, so many things start flashing through my head, thinking about watching, you know, Reggie Bush and Matt Leinart and all those great Trojans that played before. And I was just like, I'm, I'm right here. <laughs> so it definitely was uh, motivating for me. Um, and it just, it just gave me another edge to myself, put another little put another spark un- up under me so I could, you know, if I wasn't going to play there, at least I'd be somewhere where, somewhere like that, you know, fulfilling my dreams of playing Division One football. Yeah, no, and you, you, you touch on some really special USC football. Oh, yeah. You know, um, Leinert and, and Reggie and Lendell White yeah. and, gosh, Steve Smith and... Um, Frosty Rutgers, um, who's still playing for the Cardinals. Um, I mean, and Clay Matthews and Ray Maluga and Brian Cushing and and I don't even have a list in front of me. And I'm, you know, I mean, there's so many. There was, you know, Pete Carroll. I mean, this was a very special uh, team. Um, you, okay. So let's let's keep the keep the sequential order here. So you you go to Pierce. You have support from this coach. You have hope, and you actually put the work in, and Coach Orgeron, yep, and sure. and uh, I believe Clay Hilton. I think you said, or yeah, there was, was a, quite a few who came over and came and saw you uh, and so recruited you from USC. Initially, it was uh, Coach Orgeron, and then um, I love Coach O. Yeah, that's my guy. <laughs> <Coach> o. <laughs> uh, so it started out with Coach O, and then um, later, well, obviously Monty Kiffin, Lane Kiffin was recruiting me as well because head coach, defensive mm-hmm. coordinator. And then uh, later into my recruitment, uh, Coach Helton came on board just, you know, making sure that I handled everything that I needed to handle to make sure I, you know, got accepted into the university. But um, it was crazy. It was crazy, man, because for me, it's, it's, i tell you, it's a funny story. Um, my head coach, he he was like, he, he was a diehard USC fan. And he, if he knew that anybody could go to USC, it was me. So before they even offered me, he was just like, I'm going to get USC to offer you. Like, you know what I mean? So he was pushing for it, pushing for it, pushing for it. And how the offer came about was uh, they were actually, USC was recruiting a running back from Fullerton. Okay. And he, I believe they offered him. He might have committed as well. And this was my freshman year. We we played Fullerton our second game uh-huh. of the season. They were, like, ranked. And, you know, obviously they were recruiting and they offered him, so they they were watching film. And I went out there and I just was, like, playing lights out. And Coach O was, and Coach Kiffin was like, who is this kid, number four from Paris? Like, who is this guy? Like, And, you know, they, they wound up looking me up. And then uh, getting in contact with my coach, and my coach was like, "I told y'all." <laughs> and um, they wound up they wound up offering me uh, late, but it was definitely somewhere where I wanted to go. So I was like anticipating it throughout my whole freshman year, and it finally came like my sophomore year, I believe. So I was just like, "That's awesome." No, that's <laughs> good. Now, uh, 
coming to USC, first time you walked out of the tunnel, what was that like? Man. Well, for one, that season we were like, we were ranked number one in the country. So, I mean, anybody that know USC football, like, top rankings period like you know the Trojan fans they always they support and they are like you know fanatics of it but coming out the tunnel being ranked number one having all this potential it was like whoa <laughs> it was like it was crazy I, I I can't really explain the feeling it's just like you just you just you just gotta do it and you know what I mean it, it was it was crazy but uh coming out the tunnel you know, just seeing like the fans and lights and, and and everything just right in front of my face. I was just like, I'm I'm really here. Like, dang, I'm I'm really here. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, a uh, lot of coaches they say don't get there in the headlights, and that's kind of what happened to me at first. I was just just looking around because, like I said, coming from Philly, I the biggest crowd I probably played in front of was like a couple thousand. Like, that's it. So to be in front of like ninety. Something thousand. I was like, whoa, <laughs> but it was definitely a cool experience. And um, man, it's, it's, I can't even explain the feeling. It's like no other. Walking into uh, the training facility, John McKay's. Um, what was that like? I mean, because you've got all of your memorabilia from USC through the you know for the history of USC, all the plaques, all the um, Heisman winners, everything, the championships. And seeing that on a daily basis, walking into the training facility, what was that like, and how motivating was that for you? Well, it just reminded me, like, of how much history and how, how great the program is and, you know, just paying respect to the guys that came before us that laid the foundation. You know, it was it was humbling. It was motivating. It was like, you know, everybody that goes to USC, they want to be a part of it. Unfortunately, like, everybody can't be a part of it, but you can also, you know, work and leave your legacy there. And um, that was something that was definitely motivating for me. It was just like, like I said, like another wow factor, like, wow, like, you know, I'm actually here. I'm actually doing this. I'm actually, you know, leaving my legacy. Um, that's pretty much how it was. Now you walk in, you come into USC into, you know, following Pete Carroll, USC has some struggles you know, a, a lot of struggles uh, with coaching. A lot of things change. A lot of uh, the sanctions, obviously, um, which I hate the NCAA, uh, <laughs> you know, first of all. I'm just going to say that. And I believe that the entire uh, the NCAA and the BCS are compiled of a bunch of SEC alums. But um, that's just my <laughs> thoughts. Um, <laughs> I'm going to be quiet now. Um, I'm still waiting for Cam Newton's dad to get a slap on. I mean, he only got a slap on the wrist. Right. Uh, but what they did to Reggie. But we're not going to talk about that. Anyways, you come in, um, a ton of to coaching changes. I mean, five coaches in, in four years, I think. Uh, you know, Lane, um, Coach O, stepping in, Sarkeesian. Uh, and then and Clay, actually, after – or your – Last year or after you left? I'm trying to... Well, Clay came in after you left, or the, your final year. Clay, he was... He, he was, was there, but not the head coach. Yeah, but okay. at, like, during the Kiffin era... Not not Kiffin, uh, Coach O. Yeah. I think the last game of the season, he, he was the head coach. For, like, five games or half the season, or, you know, or whatever, how many games, the last few games of yeah, the season? Yeah, this was my, two, I think, 2013 year. Okay, so you're... Second. But my final season, my, my head coach was uh, Sarkeesian. Okay, that was my that was my head coach that year. But yeah, it was it was tough. Um, I think that the the coaching change and it, it had a lot to do with the you know the team success and you know the uncertainty of what was going on. Um, it was it was benefits from it. Um, the reason I say that is because you know I had three or four different defensive coordinators. So we had to learn like four different defenses. And um, I think it made me smarter as a football player, but you know, having a, a, a job at USC, that's, I mean, it gotta be like, you know, everyone that come there, they want to stay there. You know, you're in Los Angeles, you at USC. Like, so the coaching staff, they, 
you know, they try to do the best they can to, you know, protect themselves. And um, sometimes that don't that don't go well, you know, because it's it's too much of, you know, fear, too much fear of, of losing your job. I, I don't care what nobody say. I know every coach that came there felt that, that fire, like, you know, felt the heat coming because it's like, like I said, it's a big school, USC. Um, Some powerful and, alums as yeah, well. powerful alum and, and tradition. I mean, and tradition, exactly. It's, and cha- it's a championship mindset, you know. and you, Every year. Every year, every year. Is you competing for a national championship, and that's, that's a lot of pressure. That's not a program where you're trying to go to and, um, like, just build into a championship. No, it's, it's it's setting. I mean, it's there's a lot of pressure and a lot of uh, a lot of pressure on everybody. Yeah, um, players. I mean, it's an honor, but there is also this pressure as well. Um, if you're just tuning in, I'm joined by um, Gerald Bowman, Gbo. <laughs> you can follow him on Twitter and Instagram at Gerald Bowman uh, and on Instagram and Gerald underscore Bowman on Twitter. Um, yeah, USC. Uh, there's uh, there was shifts. There was a lot of shifts. I, you know, a lot of coaches. But I, I feel, I think I talked to Max after he was with the Chargers. Um, having had so much change, you mentioned it was a positive actually in in the long run. You know, it taught you a lot as a player, um, and I do feel that that actually like our adversities help us in the future, not only with our own lives but also for other people. Like, would that be true in your case? Yes, absolutely. Adversity, it, you know, it makes you who you are. You learn from it, and uh, you use it to, to, you know, direct you in, you know, ways where you, you, you wouldn't go back down that road, you know. Um, for me, personally, like, going through the coaching set changing, it was really difficult because I, I had, you know, a lot of, Pressure on myself. I put a lot of pressure on myself, uh, being as though I was older. And um, at that time, I was going through a lot of things. And, you know, sometimes the coaches, you know, they're, they're so caught up in trying to win and, and you know, secure their job. Uh, they lose touch with the reality of, you know, we are like humans. Like we are, you know, kids. kids. You know, a lot of them, a lot of the kids coming out. Some of them 16, 17 years old, you know what I mean? And that's a big transition and a big responsibility. But, I mean, you know why you came and signed up. You know what you signed up for. But at the same time, I think um, it was a little bit too professional. And it wasn't – It wasn't uh, a, lot of the, a lot of the coaches that I that I played, played for, like, they – for me, like I said, I – Coming from Philly, they just didn't. I feel like they didn't understand me, you know. And that's, I think, a lot of the kids they 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 battle with that, and it's is you know a shut up and work mentality, which is not bad. But at the same time, you have to also like get to know your players, get to know you know where they come from. Not everybody has the same background. Um, and as a coach, I believe you you want you know your your athletes to jump out the window for you, run through a wall for you. And the only way to, to get that is if you have a personal connection with them. And I think that's where we kind of lack um, with certain coaches. It wasn't a personal connection for many of the kids that were different. Now, and, uh, I, I'm going to go back to Coach O here because I, I everyone fought me tooth and nail. Coach O is just a recruiter. And I was like, no. He played, those kids played for him. Mm-hmm. He has passion. No one in USC history ever went to Notre Dame and won ever in USC history on their first time in, in North Bend. The only two coaches who ever beat Notre Dame on the first meeting were at the Coliseum, and that was John Robertson, Robinson, and then uh, also it was um, Paul... Oh, I can't think of his name. He was the coach that followed John Robinson. So it was a John Robinson team, essentially, played at the Coliseum. Those are the only two in USC history that ever beat Notre Dame on their first games, right. first meeting. Um, but I know that Ray Lewis came in also and talked, among a lot of other players that Coach O had come and play with you. Did that have any 
feeling or any uh, motivation to play for the Ravens or, I mean, or, you know, or, or not. I mean, I just, or is it just coincidence that you end up being a Raven? I mean, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Ed Reed and Ray Lewis. I yeah. mean, that well, those guys, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I watched those guys speak and, you know, motivate uh, each other. So that was definitely like something that I, I feel like got me through junior college and get going to college and USC and get me through that. It, it was a lot of motivation for me. So to have that opportunity, I was just like, wow. And I think my first my first day when I was with Baltimore, um, they signed Ed Reed for him to retire. So I got a chance to meet him and stuff, and that was you know that was pretty cool. So yeah, yeah, that was dope. Yeah, this is some a real special. Uh and, and you know, and then going to, and, and I'm kind of out of out of uh, uh, out of the timeline here. But then, from that call on May second, 2015, that the Ravens wanted you, and then Buck Allen was also there, had mm-hmm. been picked, I think, uh, a few days before mm-hmm. in he the draft. That. You know, to have another Trojan as well um, there. What was it like going to Baltimore to MT Stadium? Oh, uh, that was. Very exciting, uh, especially being as though, like like you mentioned, I was going to be out there with Buck. That's like one of my closest friends from USC. So, you know, we both was happy for each other. We we knew, you know, being there, we would push each other, motivate each other. And, you know, from day one, that's what we were doing. We were making sure that, you know, we were on point with everything and on time for everything. Just, you know, being pros and working hard and, you know, sharing our knowledge to the coaches, trying to put on impressions. Um, cause like I said, it's a business and you got to handle it like that. So it was definitely exciting for me. And I was like, you know, cool. I'm gonna be out here with somebody that I know and that, you know, I grind with and put in a lot of work with. So it was definitely exciting. What was it like walking in, uh, to the Ravens locker room and seeing your name on a locker? Man, I, I had to take a deep breath. Like, whoa. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, it don't matter, you know, how far you go or, you know, it's just to have that opportunity, you you know that you're fortunate and, you know, you're, you're one of uh, many that that didn't make it, you know? So it was humbling um, and actually motivating at the same time, you know? So I, I, I just was like, wow. You know, I had to take a picture. <laughs> yeah. I had to, you know, um, show it off a little bit, but... It was definitely exciting. It was exciting. Well, I only know from my own experience, you know, walking out the first time on an NFL field, shooting it, you know, for ESPN or reporting it for the news station, but, or going to practice even for NFL practice for the Chargers or, you know, for different organizations. The Chargers were the first ones I was, you know, was granted um, credentials for. So it was kind of the same, totally different, but like, you know, wow, you know, this is, uh, thanks God. Or, I mean, or, you know, whatever goodness you believe in, but I'm like, it was just kind of like, okay, I need to remember this. I need to sort of file this back mm-hmm. for when I'm having those tough days um, to remember like, wow. Yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. Uh, so, okay. And so now, but this, this path for you, um, you know, you are resilient as hell. You, you know, in skateboarding, you know, and I know you, I, I'm, I'm skateboard, I'm skateboarder as well. So, but in skateboarding, you slam, you know, you take a big slam, you get right back up and you drop right back in because if not, you get scared, it messes with your head. And that's just sort of what kind of skateboarding sort of teaches you just like football. Mm -hmm. Your career has been like a lot of slams and getting back up and dropping right back in. Um, Sorry for the analogy with skateboarding, but I mean, I, I feel like, you know, you with injuries, with family illnesses, you've had to come overcome with family deaths you've had to overcome with some, a a big load of BS Mm -hmm. that you had to overcome coming into the draft. Um, You know, and would you, do you want to speak on this or, okay. You know, I mean, you had some, a lot of bullshit, pardon me. Um, (laughs) But you you dealt with a lot of of baloney, um, false allocations that completely impacted your draft finally cleared, you yeah. know, and the guys were finally cleared, you know, last in October. But I mean, 
you know, three years, almost three years. Mm. Um, can you, you know, can you share, how did you keep, how did you keep doing it? How did you keep suiting up and showing up and doing it when something like this that is beyond your control impacts your life so greatly? Well, for me, like when it happened, I, to be honest, I couldn't believe it. I just was like, are you serious? Like right now? Are you serious? I, like you said, I've been through a lot. I've been through a lot of adversity. I, you know, I overcame a lot of obstacles. But at that moment, I was just like, man, like, really? I, yeah, it, I, I was. It was unbelievable. I couldn't. It was like I was. I would. I didn't. I didn't know what to do. You know what I mean? I I knew that my career was in jeopardy. I knew that, um, you know, for me to be in my position that I was in, being an older guy. Uh, going through many injuries and, you know, really having like a season, season and a half to really showcase my my talent and what I can do on the field. I knew that that it, that it would impact me and to the point where, you know, I, like I'm I'm a free agent. I'm not on, on anybody's team. But um, I just, I try not to let it or let that situation define, you know, me as a player or, you know, as a person. Um, I knew that at the end of the day, eventually the truth would come out. Um, it sucked. You know, I went through it for, for two and a half, almost three years, um, just based off of uh, Instagram, like a photo on Instagram. You know what I mean? And it was just, again, one of those situations where it was just unfortunate. Um, but I had to do what I had to do. I had to go through what I had to go through. It taught me a lot, you know, going through that trial for two and a half years. Um, many times, you know, I'm, I'm flying in and out, back and forth to Arizona for 15 minutes, like wasting money, you know, knowing that I literally had nothing to do with it, like nothing at all. But, you know, it's just I, I had to do what I had to do. Roll with the punches. Now I'm, I'm, I'm clear. Um, I'm trying to get back into – sports somehow some way maybe not playing but you know just giving back you know having the opportunity to use my platform to kind of show uh and teach kids um the right paths to go and learn from my mistakes learn from things i went through um but uh, yeah it sucked (laughs) yeah no i mean because there's that saying god doesn't give us and i'm sorry you know i'm I have a spiritual thing. I go, uh, what I, I don't go to church, but I do, I believe in, but there's that saying that God doesn't give us more than we can handle. But sometimes I really think he overestimates me, you know, and this is actually one of those cases. Like, really, (laughs) really, really? Are you serious? Really? Come on, man. Um, You got through it. I feel you bring such an invaluable amount of experience and hope to the youth and to anybody that you meet, um, do you realize, do you kind of really realize, although you went through so much, so much, but you have the biggest gift to give as yeah. well now? Absolutely. Um, I always say, like, life always changes. You know, you, you, you never know when it's going to change. You never know when that, sorry, when you'll have that moment where, you know, it can just change suddenly but uh one thing about life i do realize that you you have to learn to adjust you know uh no matter what comes your way because that's just the world we live in that's just what happens sometimes and like you said like good things happen well bad things happen to good people sometimes and it's kind of out of your control the only thing you can control is you know how you respond and what type of impact you want to make on somebody else's life um and just, you know, putting yourself in a position where, you know, you can be happy and, and live the life that you want to live, um, whether it's what you envision or not, you know, just stay in the course. Um, whatever it is that you want to do in life, um, it may not always happen the way you envision it to happen, but there's there's ways where, you know, you can you can get that if you continue to work, if you continue to believe. And that's just something that I, I live by. I believe that, you know, 
you have hope and you believe um and whatever it is that you're thinking of or that you want to do like you can you can do it with some work and some help you know nobody has gotten in their position without the help of somebody else um and that just goes for everything in life you know what i mean that's just my mindset um it was tough it was tough though i i you know I, it was times where i thought like why me and I was just happening, and but like I said, I just believe you know everything happens for a reason, and now um, I'm kind of tapping into what I want to do, and using my platform to be able to give back and help kids, and you know push them and motivate them to do whatever it is that they want to do, whether it's sports, whether it's music, whether it's you know art, whatever you know, because there's really no limit. To what you want to do is just all of all up in your head. Whatever you believe and whatever you work for, like it really can happen. Yeah, the positives. Yeah. Ah, okay. I'm getting all, um no, because they what are they? I mean, they say whatever our experiences are give us our biggest gifts mm-hmm. um, to share. You know, and I really feel that's the that's the truth for you. You have okay. We're gonna um you've got some really special camps coming up right now. I want to talk about those as well. Um, and so I'm going to actually, I'm just going to let you share about all these. There's multiple camps coming up. There was one that was just happened, uh, I want to say about a month ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but sh- share with us about them. Sure. Yeah. So I'm, uh, I'm partnering with, uh, one of my strength coaches from USC, uh, coach KB, mm-hmm. um, started this, uh, camp, the SEA is a strength and endurance Academy. Um, and pretty much. Um, we're just having camps uh, from every month or so, just trying to, you know, see how it's going and stuff. And eventually, like in the summertime, we're going to have like a six-week camp um, to help these kids, boys and girls. It's not necessarily um, football-related. It's just, just sports-related, boys and girls from ages, what is it, ages 8 to 18. Um, our next camp will be Sunday, May 20th, uh, from four to seven, it's in uh, Valencia, California. Okay. In Valencia, so um, I'll be posting. I'll be, you know, sharing that information as I get more details on to, you know, how we're gonna go about it and stuff. But yeah, that's just something that we, you know, he he mentioned to me about, you know, just giving back and being that positive role model on these kids, especially inner city kids. Um, so that's something that we that we putting together and. You know, just rolling, just going with it, trying to give back. Um, also, uh, I have a friend of mine's who. Okay, I was gonna say for friends in Philly. Yeah. There's or or oh, pardon me, I didn't mean to. Uh, well, well, yeah, I mean, I have I have friends in Philly. Nelson, he's having a camp. Uh, uh, I'm not sure the date, but I it's on my Instagram. It's on Instagram yeah, as well. Also, uh, one of my friends for the Raiders, Jihad Ward. Um, but for for the inner city, um, I have a. A lady friend who's um who who's in with uh like group homes and stuff oh. and um they're having a self-empowerment um day uh catering to the foster youth um it's called project me um it's in recognition for you know, national foster care month which is next month um which they'll be like teaching about hygiene and uh you know, giving makeovers for the girls and boys that that are in that system. Um, it's it's really it's really dope, and uh, she has a lot going on with these kids. And you know, I I can give you guys our information as well. Uh, her name is Miss Alex. Uh, email is Alex A L E X at D C I N C dot org. Um, it's it's a it's a really dope uh project that they're doing and we'll be a part of it. Just pretty much being a positive role model for these kids that, that are growing up in the system. Um, giving them hope, teaching them, um, like I said, about the hygiene, uh, giving them, you know, goodie bags and just boosting their self esteem, um and helping them tap into what they really want to do in life because growing up in that system is kinda is rough and, you know, it can lead you down 
the wrong paths. And like I said, this this whole platform that we have right now, we just trying to uh, give back to the community in the best way that we can and just help kids to come out of this system or just have some hope. So, Okay, and so the best way, if you are interested uh, um, to help or to go, you know, or have some kids you'd like to bring, um, is to follow um, Gerald Bowman on Instagram. That's yeah. probably the best portal or on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, more information will be revealed as well, dates, times. But again, uh, the Valencia on May 20th um, is ages, uh, what is it, 8 to 18. Yeah. Um, but now also this other event uh, is also in conjunction with United Way, I think, too. Is that what you said? Or no, pardon me, for the fosters, for all the foster kids. Yeah, for the foster. And the, that when is that coming up? It's uh, Saturday, May 19th. Okay. Um, it's a part of the Dreamcatcher Foundation. Um give you mrs alex when we gave her we have the um her email is there a, an instagram handle yeah instagram is underst- underscore um style x s t y l e x um she has like a bunch of the information on there she'll have like special guests come um barbers hairdressers makeup artists it's, it's pretty dope so just check it out yeah, and a lot of positives and a lot of pe- role models there as well, like Absolutely. yourself. Uh, now, Gerald, coaching. Mm-hmm. Have you ever, I mean, you've got so much in- experience and so much to share as a player, knowing the game. I know you're, you're giving back to the inner city kids right now. You're giving back in a lot of different ways to different kids right now. What, um, is coaching something that you would, I mean, coaching for a college team or coaching in the NFL? I mean, is that something that you would be interested in doing or are there other things that you're looking at? I thought about it. Um, I think for me, I, I think I, for now, I just want to stick to like the inner city kids because it's so much more, you know, politics and coaching, especially on the collegiate level. And um, I, I just want to make sure that I'm impacting these kids, you know, the best way I can. Uh, maybe, but I'm not sure. I'm I'm not 100% sure if I want to do coaching yet, but um, like I said, I just want to be able to help them. And for now, I'm going to start off with, you know, the SEA and the camps that we got. I'm Coach Debo at the camps. Oh, that's cool. Now, do you have another nickname? I know you mentioned uh, uh, Debo is your nickname for Los Angeles because no one can say your name correctly. Right. Uh, in Los Angeles, in yeah. Philly, no problem. <laughs> yeah, this West Coast names. can't talk. Um, <laughs> what are your other nickames? G uh, Weezy, G Weezy, yeah, G Weezy was my was my high school. My high school track coach gave me that nickname. <laughs> Did when you I, wheeze after you were run? Nah, <laughs> I don't know why he gave me that nickname, but it was G Weezy. And now, like you know, a bunch of my friends in Philly, that's what they call me, Weezy. And out here is like Gbo. TJ McDonald, he gave me that. TJ name. did. Okay, yeah. I was gonna wonder. I was wondering if TJ had yeah. anything to do with that. TJ did. Uh, and then now on Sundays, do you root for anybody? I mean, obviously you root for your friends that are playing. Oh yeah. Uh, is there any? I mean, I know originally Vikings. Mm-hmm. Uh, you played for the Ravens, mm-hmm. so that that's a you know. Then also you're from Philly. Now you're in LA. So mm-hmm. is there any excitement about the Rams? Oh yeah, of course. Or, uh, I mean, especially with that defense and as a defensive player, I mean, or absolutely. Uh, for me, I mean, it's it's different now. Like, especially as being as you know, I was an athlete. Um, I just, I really just support like where all my, where all my friends are and the Rams. You know, they I, got a few Trojans. Got a few Trojans <laughs> on there. I'm friends with a you know a bunch of the players. That's you know, Ty Gurley, Robert Woods, Nikhil Roby, Justin Davis, just to name a few, but. I like Justin Davis um, yeah. as the second back as well, I see. But anyway. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm just rooting for my friends, you know, whatever team they're on. Uh, definitely the Ravens, you know, for one, for giving me the opportunity, too, because my, my boy Buck on the team. Yeah. And um, Eagles, obviously, that's the hometown. Minnesota, I'm, I'm rooting for all, all my guys. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. That's good. Well, I, I or do you have, do you watch game? I mean, I, I have a problem. I, it's called football. Um it's a disease because <laughs> um, Thursday night football, Monday night football, Saturday I'm watching SC, Sunday I'm watching football all day, Sunday night I'm watching football, Monday night I'm watching football, Wednesday I'm watching inside the NFL. Like yeah. I can become completely unsocial mm-hmm. during the 
season. That's what happened to me last okay. year. Last year, <laughs> I, did, I did not make not one football game. Oh. I didn't make not one game because I didn't want to miss. Any of the other games? I, <laughs> so I, totally I was in the house. That. I was watching <laughs> Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Thursday. I, I was locked in on the, on the screen. <laughs> Okay, good. That's how I have the same thing. So I could be texting you during game day. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because I don't even like to watch it with other people because <laughs> they talk too much. Mm -hmm. You know, like I'm breaking down plays or I'm trying to or like, oh, man, did you see that block? <laughs> you know, or like, oh, no, the inside guy got him. And that's why they got the sack. Right. I mean, or, you know, just and I have and you know, and your understanding is so much greater. <laughs> um, and I we've got a few more moments. Uh, I was going to give a quick Gerald's other other half or significant other. I uh yeah beautiful lady but she's also she's also an artist mm -hmm. um and i just want to where can people listen to your music um people can listen to my music anywhere it's on itunes it's on spotify it's on youtube and what SoundCloud. is and what is what is your artist it's, name? uh nina mac n-i-n-a-m-a-c-c Okay. All right. Just want to give a little love there. Yeah. <laughs> well, so if you guys are looking for some tunes, we'll have to check out Nina Mac on iTunes or Spotify. Um, Gerald, any last few words you'd like to share um, or shout outs or whatever? Yeah. Just shout out to, you know, the Trojan family. I appreciate you for having me. Shout out to my girl, Nina. Uh, shout out to, you know, my friends that still, you know, playing, holding it down and the Trojans that are coming out in this upcoming draft. Um, I want you guys to, you know, take advantage of this opportunity uh, for those that are still there and those that are going. Um, just have fun. Make, make the most of, the, of your opportunity and, uh, you know, just always fight on. Okay. And this season is actually looking pretty good, even though a lot of guys are going into the draft. New quarterback mm -hmm. at SC, but yeah. I'm excited about this coming season. I think that, like, after a little bit more time, now these kids, there's some more of a coercion or, like, a connection with that locker room. Yeah, I, I believe, uh, you know, once Coach Clay, once he took over, he did a great job at, you know, bringing the guys together. Um, he's been there for a while, you know, mm -hmm. so he kind of know he knows what it's like to be a Trojan and know what Trojans stand for. Um so they're doing a great job at bringing the team together. And that's SC, you know, every year, year in and year out, like I said, they're going to compete for a championship. So I'm not worried about it at all. I know that they're going to come ready. Uh, next man up. That's the mentality is the next man up. Everybody is ready. Um, there's no backup. So you just, you, you're, you're ready. So I know they're going to come out and I know they, you know, they're going to have a chip on their shoulder. Um, so, I, you know, I'm always rooting for the children. So. Well, and you, and also this, this, every position, there is competition galore oh, yeah. from every position um, and a real team at USC, which oh, is, yeah. uh, I still love that there's no names on the, on the jerseys. Oh yeah, tradition. And no stupid um, decals on the helmet. I mean, and not to knock anybody that has those. I just, it really unifies, mm -hmm. I think, the team. Um, and um, last one is... Uh, another one bites the dust. USC uh, band plays after usually a sack. <laughs> uh, how I, I mean, or what song uh, from USC or what you know from SC? What is the the thing that the uh, that gets uh, you the most? The fight song. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, all right. That's, I mean, I love the fight song yeah, as well. You know, once you win, uh, that's tradition. Just do the fight song and uh, not not only on the field, but we carried over into the locker room too. So that's that's an exciting moment. That's always my favorite. Right on. See, I like it also. I love the fight song, but I, in a touchdown, I love watching Traveler run around the, I love it when Traveler's busy. Um, but I, um, Tusk too. Like I mm -hmm. just, that also like as almost as much as fight on does. Right. So, all right, you guys. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. Thanks so much, Gerald, for coming in studio. Um, you can follow him on Instagram, at Gerald Bowman or on Twitter at Gerald Bowman, Gerald underscore Bowman. Yeah. Um, huge thanks again for coming in. You guys for tuning in. Thanks, Cole, for running the boards. This is the Desiree Show on Dash Radio. Have a dynamite week, and I'm out.
Are you looking for a natural way to help your body and your sanity that's also affordable, drug-free, and will block your pain? This is Desiree Astorga, and I am grateful to have partnered with a brand I truly believe in, a product I use, and to have Biomedical Life Systems as a sponsor of the Desiree Show podcast. Rebound Sport is your answer. It is for me. Head over to BMLS.com and order yours today.